everybody welcome back to another episode of the highly Lane podcast sorry if you hear the sound of air conditionings running it is hot as f in las vegas nevada where i'm located and i'm sitting outside um it's actually nice right now because the sun isn't blaring on me but it's still pretty warm out um so yeah today's episode is featuring a friend of mine a team member she and i work together with my side business and she's going to talk to us about uh, endometriosis and mental health a little bit and we talk about like current events women's rights stuff like that so yeah stay tuned and we'll bring her right on way to describe it is um, it's similar tissue that is on the inside of the uterus so when it's on the inside of the uterus it's normal tissue um, so when it's on the outside of the uterus um, now it's not the same tissue but very similar and um, they're lesions and they could be in various sizes, various color, mostly the darker shades of brown, black, you know. Um, The gynecologist that I was seeing at the time, he described mine in a very crude way. Um, He told me that it looked like somebody flicked gunpowder all over my abdominal and pelvic cavity. So, God, yeah, <laughs> that's it, haunting. Yeah, it's just like, wow, dude, like you can like let me down easy, but all right, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and so when you when I menstruate or anything, um, it's usually when I menstruate, I have the worst pain, but so, um, because of all the hormones going through, if you are not on like a, a birth control that essentially stops your menstrual cycle, um, those lesions open and they bleed. And you know, up until I got diagnosed, I thought that my pain was normal. Yeah, because, like, we always hear about, like, oh, yeah, like, cramping and stuff, and then you kind of just, like, in your head, like, oh, well, this is all I've ever known, so it must be, it must be normal. Yeah, well, and apparently it's not, which that was (laughs) fun to learn about, because I had struggled with the painful cramps, the periods, mood swings, since I was 10. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, with endometriosis, um, it takes an average of 10 to 15 years to diagnose it. Holy crap. Yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's beyond ridiculous. Um, and I'm, I think that they're trying to find ways to diagnose it sooner by like blood tests, Mm -hmm. but it's like how, 
unless you're doing like a hormone panel, but what a normal hormone panel look like in comparison to somebody with the different stages of endometriosis. Cause um, what initially sent me to the doctor was I was bleeding for a good month. Yeah. And they're like, well, maybe you're anemic, you know, let's do another pap and we'll do a bunch of blood work and everything came back normal. It's like, okay, so then what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, you're just like, this is clearly not normal, but they're telling you it is. Yeah, well, and um, my regular physician, you know, I'd been seeing her for years and we just, she just chalked it up to, you know, I just had really bad PMS and, um, you know, my, my cycle was very um, irregular and, you know, I, I never knew when I was going to start or anything mm-hmm. like, you know, you can probably, you know, the average person can be like, okay, yeah, around this time of the month, I'm, I'm going to be bleeding, you know, the fucking is coming. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have that option. Yeah. I have probably, well, up until I got an IUD, there was a week, a week to 10 days of. Wow, that's crazy. Cause then you're like, you just never know. And like, I've been in situations before. I'm, I was typically, I don't know. I used to be pretty regular. I don't know what's going on now, but I'm just like, oh my God, I don't have a tampon. <laughs> like, help. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, and apparently, once again, it was news to me because I thought it was normal, you know, I'd have to buy the biggest tampon available and wear a pad because I'd bleed through the tampon within a matter of hours. Oh my gosh. And it just takes so much out of your body. Yeah, well, and yeah, I I used to get a lot of shit, especially when I was younger. It's like, well, why don't you know when your period's going to start? Why are you using all my stuff? And it's like, <coughs> well, I'm sorry that, you know, I don't know how this shit works and you've been doing this for a hot minute. <laughs> Yeah. So is this something that's, is it genetic or can it just literally happen to anybody? Do you know? Um, so the chances are higher if um, like your biological mom has it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it just happens and they don't know why. Um, now I don't speak to my biological mother but we assume, me and my dad, we assume that she did have endometriosis because um, he has told me that my symptoms and my pain, et cetera, were very similar to 
what she had experienced. Mm-hmm. But she's a compulsive liar and you can't, you know, you can't take anything what she says with any kind of truth. So anything that I have heard through the grapevine, through, you know, a, a potential diagnosis from her, I have been, you know, checked for it just because, you know, that is kind of serious and I should probably look into that kind of a thing. But yeah, that's, that makes it hard too. Um, do you have like like a treatment plan or is there like options for you um I'm just kind of curious on like what like typical options are and then like what you've chosen to do to like help manage your symptoms and pain and that kind of thing okay so for a very long time I have used CBD um for the pain Mm -hmm. and um but the treatment plan when I saw the OBGYN for the first time after the scope was done he wanted to put me on Oralissa which is a pill form of Lupron and Lupron was originally put on the market for prostate cancer and they're like oh well this could help with the the clearing of endometriosis Mm -hmm. so what the pill and the injection do is um it quote unquote dries up those lesions and it also side effects of that medication is god's awful it's, it's menopausal-like symptoms. So hot flashes, weight gain, you know, it's, it's bad. It's, it's real bad. It was, um, I couldn't even take the full dose because all of the side effects were just so overwhelming that I had to go on a mood stabilizer. Yeah, I find that it's like you take one pill for one thing and then you got to take 10 more for all the other things that that one cause and you're just oh yeah absolutely (laughs) just feeling yeah and I was on the Oralissa for six months you know and I told him it's like okay fine you know we'll we'll do what you want for the six months and then depending on how I feel we'll come back and we'll talk about other options and uh you know, that was, that was all fine and dandy. And he wanted to have me take the full dose. So 400 milligrams. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I can barely tolerate this. And I gained probably a good 40 to 50 pounds because of that medicine. Oh my gosh. That's... It's so scary. Like, It's like in a matter of six months, I gained 40 to 50 pounds. What has this medication done to me? Like on the inside, like what? (laughs) Yeah, that's like, it's so just frustrating because like you're here trying to like fix one thing and then other things are happening to you that are like completely out of your control. 
Mm, absolutely. So then when the six months was done, um, we went back and I'm like, look, like this, this is a no for me. Like, I hate this shit. I feel like shit. I had to get put on duloxetine, the mood stabilizer. Mm -hmm. And I just, and I think I want to say my sertraline, which is Zoloft had to be bumped up too. Cause Ooh, I felt like a crazy person. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, okay, what are, what are our other options? You know, I'd really like to be on a, um, a consistent birth control that essentially tricks my body into thinking I'm pregnant. So that way I don't menstruate and everything goes dormant. Obviously that doesn't fix the problem, but that's, that's just the nature of the beast with this uh, disorder. And uh, so I asked him, it's like, look, like, I don't want kids. I haven't wanted kids since I was very young. Um, would it be possible to get my tubes tied or remove the uterus? Like, yeah, I know that it's not going to be guaranteed that my symptoms are going to go away. But if we remove the option to menstruate and leave my ovaries in, then wouldn't that you know, essentially be the same thing as being on depot, having an IUD. And he's like, and he, and he said the most misogynistic shit that I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he, at the time I was 25 and he told me I was too young. He asked me what my partner thought if my partner wanted kids. Um, that it would be a life-changing procedure. And I'm like, well, no shit, bro. Like, <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> like, you gave me life-changing news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I should be allowed to make this decision. <laughs> and you're asking me what my boyfriend wants? It's like, okay, first of all, fuck you. Second, my boyfriend Connor is, he is very supportive. We, the both of us don't want kids, which shouldn't matter, but you know, it's, so I, I started looking for a new OBGYN after that conversation with him because I almost went over his desk and beat the shit out of him, but that's neither here or there. (laughs) Yeah, it blows my mind that doctors feel that oh, you're too young, or this or that. It's like, but bro, like, I I know I don't want kids. My partner supports me. And I'm dealing with a literal hell. And I'm trying to think of a way to, like, lessen it. And you're just, like, dismissing me. Yeah, well, and he was an older gentleman. And the whole reason why I went to him was because he was the best in town, right? It's like, I want the best. Yeah. But apparently the best only is good and has a good bedside manner 
if you either want a kid or you are having a kid. He's he's one of those doctors. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's how yeah. my doctor was that I was seeing when I was pregnant. And then after I wasn't pregnant anymore, like I was having issues, but because I wasn't pregnant, she just I felt as if she just didn't want to help me. Yeah, and that's I was I was having problems with like mood and weight gain, like postpartum depression and she just basically told me that I was overweight and I just needed to fast. And if I yeah. fasted, I would drop weight. Yeah, because <laughs> fasting's healthy. Yeah. It's just like, but what about all the other things I I mentioned to you that had nothing to do with my weight, but you're looking at me like oh, well, your BMI is this, so that's your biggest issue. Yeah, no, and... Coming coming from, like, a smaller, petite, like, Asian woman, and I just... I just really felt like shit. (laughs) And she made worse. Yeah, the, the BMI scale is bullshit (laughs) like because I have been very close to my ideal weight according to the BMI scale and Mm -hmm. I look sick yeah I could never because I'm so short at five foot two I would have to be like 120 pounds and like I don't even think I weighed that when I was like a freshman in high school but I was a size six but I've always been like curvy or like mm. muscular I don't even know how to describe it right well and I'm five nine and yeah. they want me to be oh god I don't know 150 somewhere between 140 and 150 and it's like excuse me like that would mean that I wouldn't menstruate at all if I had close to zero body fat. And that can really fuck up a person, too. Yeah. And it's like... That's completely different than being on, like, a birth control and not having a cycle. Well, yeah. Like, so just, like, have nothing to your body. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just like, and I can't lose weight as easily because when I was a teenager, um, I dropped seven sizes in the matter of, I don't know, a year or so. I, I just, I stopped eating and I only ate when I absolutely needed to. And uh, that that was very dark time. But, you know, as, as a teenage girl, my weight was the only thing I could control. Yeah. <clears throat> but because of that, um, you know, I can't, I can't lose weight. I could do hours of cardio and all that. And 
you know, I'll, I'll feel great after doing it, but it just, you know, and I can cut out all this crap, you know, like dairy and all this, you know, do those like whole eating cleanses and yeah, sure. I'll lose weight, but it'll come right back. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter what I eat, what I don't eat. If I exercise, if I don't, it, it doesn't matter at least for me, you know? Um, and that's, and that's something that I wish that people would understand, especially in the medical field. You know, it's like, just because I am comfortable in my skin between 180 and 190 pounds, and you still look at me and tell me or put in my chart that I'm obese. Yeah. It's like, and it's coming from an itty bitty woman, you know, like the size of my thigh. (laughs) It's like, dude, like you obvious, it's like you, they really need to be more, oh, what's the word, proactive about talking to patients especially when they tell you be like look like I've never weighed this much before in my life yeah I have body dysmorphia like a motherfucker and it just when I see it in my chart that you put in bold letters that I'm obese like all that makes me want to do is not eat yeah that's they need some type of like sensitivity training or Mm. I don't know like I I was a medical assistant for a long time and I once I started like to know my patients I knew certain patients they did not want to be weighed and so I didn't force them or I'd have patients that they didn't they would get on the scale willingly but they didn't want me to say the weight or show it to them, just write it down and get it done with. And that's fine. I'd be willing to do that for them. But then I recently had this. So back in like May when I was sick, I had a, like, it was like an urgent care service, like came to me, right? To my house. And it was this team of, like, a nurse and, like, her assistant, whatever. And they had, like, this little scale and they, like, put it down. And before I I didn't say anything about it. I had no reaction. She was just like, well, you don't, you don't have to look at it if you don't want to. And I was just like, why are you assuming I, I care? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it just oh made me feel so awkward and weird. Like, if I don't have... If I don't say anything about it, like, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Ugh. It's, it's just, you know, I wish, especially women, I don't know. It's just like, I prefer to see a woman doctor or nurse just because, you know, like, 
maybe they could understand, but at the same time, I've had interactions with female nurses and they have been, they've had the worst bedside manner. Same. It's like I had one slut shame me. That's not okay. It's like your job is to be a medical provider and not like put your two cents or your opinion on like my life. (laughs) Did I lose you? Are you there? Oh no. Let's see if it comes back. (laughs) Yeah, because I I don't even remember what I was saying when I realized that it wasn't going anymore. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. Um, I just wanted to ask you a couple of like like ending questions um first what would you like what would your advice be to somebody that is like trying to navigate through like getting diagnosed any like advice any tips like words of wisdom or anything like that that you would have for other people um I would say now in in regards to anything you know like whether it be uh, reproductive health, your mental health. Um, If you are not happy with what that doctor or nurse practitioner, whatever is saying, go get a second opinion, go get a third opinion, however many opinions it takes for you to feel comfortable um, because you know, luckily I only had to get a second opinion and this nurse practitioner um, listens to me. You know, she uh, she's very well aware that I do not want kids. I've made it very clear that I do not want kids. And she has, you know, she's told me, be like, well, you know, if you still want to do a you know, get your tubes tied, whatever, you know, just let us know. And we will do what we can for you. And especially in the world we live in today with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. um, I think that might come sooner rather than later. Of course, like that that's really changed a lot of options and ways of thinking for a lot of women and it's awful yeah absolutely um now however there is an organization under the guise of religion that does give you bodily autonomy so if you live in a trigger law state like i do 
um, this quote unquote religion, you can, you know, since they want to say, you know, throw their religion down every uterus owner's throat in America, I can throw my religion in their face. Just be like, no, like it's, it's my right in my religion to have this procedure done. Mm -hmm. No questions asked. So, you know, um, unfortunately you have to, you have to play at their, at their game. Um, let's see. What else? Is there any, like, I don't know, there probably is, like, support groups or anywhere that people can go for, like, more information or just kind of, like, having that person to kind of lean on through all of this? Um, Yeah, so I would say that, um, like, your circle, you know, the your family um now with organizations um nancy cook on facebook and other platforms um she has a list of certified board certified um doctors and whatnot of um that are that can perform the surgeries Mm -hmm. um to hopefully clear out the endometriosis because depending on where those lesions are is going to depend on what kind of specialist you need yeah so like for me i'd need to see like two different specialists because of where my stuff is located and of course, one is on one side of the country and the other is on the other side. Of course, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's there's nowhere anywhere close to Wyoming that I could go yeah. being in network to have those procedures done. But, I mean, I guess it is what it is, but it, it is very frustrating, especially when you live in a very rural state. Yeah, that, you know, I'd have to travel across the country both ways to even talk to somebody about trying to burn off all this crap that's inside of my body. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Whew, well... I want to thank you for coming on here and sharing a little bit about you and your disorder and just kind of leaning some information and some support because I'm sure there's somebody somewhere out there that, you know, is going through similar things. And it's, I think it's important to know, like, you're not alone when you're dealing with scary stuff. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, one in 10 women have endometriosis. Oh my gosh, that seems like such a high number for it to be something that like, I feel it just, it takes, like you said, so long to get diagnosed and like, yes, you don't really have a lot of options as far as treatment. Nope. And yeah, I mean, yep. So one, one in 10 women have endometriosis. That's scary. Oh man. Well, yeah. Well, and if you ever want to have me back to talk about my other diagnoses, cause that's just one of many. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can do another episode on mental health. I think that's super important too. Uh, something that I know a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. I'd, I'd be more than happy to, to come back and, and talk about all the other things. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll definitely, I mean, we'll stay in touch and we'll get some things going. And I'm still trying to figure out, like, more of a direction of the show. If I'm going to take, like, a little break for the rest of the summer, like, what I'm going to do. But I'll let you know. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you got to do what you got to do. And your your health is equally if not more important you know I mean because the podcast will always still be here but you you are more important I know I've been going so hard at everything and I'm just kind of crashing now and I'm just like no (laughs) yeah you gotta you gotta take care of you for sure all right love well I will talk to you soon and we'll get this edited and it should um air tomorrow Okay, perfect. Alrighty, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.